Dude, I have to turn this off. I can't watch any more of this. Wow. Pay-per-views aren't what they used to be before COVID. I mean, the cinematic matches are all right. Yeah, I guess, but it's just not the same at all. These no-crowd shows are really hard to watch. Big Dog, what is your take on all this? I only have one way I can explain my thoughts to this. Hit it. Watching wrestling in the world today takes everything you've got. Filling the stands with lots of people sure would help a lot. I just miss wrestling. This COVID's gotta go because wrestling's not the same. And the storylines are lame Nia Jax is still the worst Some things never change I just wish wrestling was the same Hey folks, this is the guy, Chad And you are listening to a DogCast Studio podcast Catch the Turnbuckle Report every Wednesday DogCast every Friday And ScareCast every Monday You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, and we are now on TuneIn and iHeartRadio. Follow our shows on Facebook or Twitter, and stay heel, baby. Welcome, folks, to another episode of Turnbuckle Report. This is your people's host, Leland. It is cocktail tonight. That's right, I know you heard that cheers music, you know what that means. We do a little bit of Fippy Fip, we're doing a little bit of that baby, and I don't know what we're drinking on tonight, but I gotta bring the boys in to find out. The guy, Chad. Brother, what's up? What's going on, man? Hey, whole hell of a lot of wrestling going on this week. Everybody heard us ranting. <laughs> we got plenty mm-hmm. more where that came from. Talking about the rant, extra pepperoni, the dog cast father himself, Joshua. What's up, brother? Leland, thanks for coming on the show. What have you been up to? Welcome, Nothing. welcome to the show. Hey, everybody, give Lee, Lee a little round of applause. There he is. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Go ahead. What are we talking about? Special oh, guest, Leland. The people's Wait host. a minute. Wait a minute. I shit the bed on this one. You were introducing me. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Rewind. I was. This isn't Doc. Okay. Okay. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Doing good. Yeah. You went really Bob Rossi right there. Yeah, thanks. I know. Yeah, I'm, well, see, I'm good. Thanks. I was just over here thinking about painting some pretty little trees, and I thought about wrestling and how I really like the Turnbuckle Report. That's right. The hell, of course you love the Turnbuckle Report. Who doesn't? Guys, we have a lot tonight, and I don't want to get into a whole lot tonight. It's cocktail hour, and I feel like I'll start revving up, and I'll start grabbing gears, and next thing you know, my buzz is gone. What are you guys drinking tonight? You know, I do the same thing at every cocktail hour that we pull off. I've got the Coke. Actually, I changed it up. I don't have McGillicuddy in here tonight. This is actually coconut mm-hmm. rum. Oh, so you're a liar. What? No, I'm not lying. I, I switched things up tonight. I don't have the huge, I guess. So it's not what you do on every show. It sounds like it's, a lie to me. It's Coke. It is so a, it's a half lie. So you're doing Coke now. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw that to Josh. He's going to do the truth, uh, truth-o-meter. Josh, where are we stand on this right now? Thank you, Leland. Let me go ahead and take a look at the chart. This just in. DNA is ultra-backed, and it is not huh. your son. You are not the father. And Chad's a liar. And Chad's a liar. Hmm. <laughs> Gactail. Josh, what are you drinking? Lemonade and vodka, my man. Oh my god, that was quick. Are you like suffering through a horrific divorce? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just basically what I did is I bought a fifth, I bought a handle of vodka, I took two shots, and then poured just a shot of orange juice in there, and I went and flew planes. You know, I don't. I, I got to bring this up on the show. Talking about drama, I no longer mm-hmm. have a co-host for Scarehead Scarecast. So, Scarehast, Scare Scare Ass. Little little too much on the cocktail tonight. <laughs> Just, we no, had to shut the had, Scare Ass doors tonight. I, I don't know how to speak. I had forgotten the words. They just they were gone. I really hope Alexia does well in any endeavors that she does, but I'm currently without a co-host, so if folks didn't see a Monday episode of Scarecast, that's why I'm working on it. I'll have a new co-host soon. Scarecast will be back. Stay tuned. Delete. We'll be back. Delete. Is this basic... Is, <laughs> is, this, is this basically like you started drinking, and this is the TBR episode where you're like, listen, guys, I'm going... I know we're drinking. I'm glad we're here tonight, but I'm kind of going through a breakup right now. It kind of feels like that's what you're segueing into. It kind of feels like it's the same thing when you lose a co-host, especially a female co-host. It feels like a breakup. It's almost the same feeling. It's like, oh, come back, come back. But in this case, you know what? Things are what they are. I'm not, you know, things happen. You move on. You get a new co-host. The show must go on. I don't wish anything ill against Alexia. She's great. I just want to say real quick that, you know, along those lines, on a very serious note, if you guys ever leave me from Turnbuckle, I'll kill myself. Whoa, you Let can't say that on air. The only can't thing say that. I'm going to leave, Leland. <laughs> Let me tell you the only thing. Listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. Only mm-hmm. thing I'm going to leave is with a fucking cardiac arrest for how shitty the WWE pay-per-view was. Oh, he doesn't even want to talk about me losing a co-host. He wants to go nope. right into this shit. I or am my over. potential suicide. Nope. Nope. Okay. Let's well, ignore issues, that, Josh. God, I'm here you know for what? counseling Leland? right now. If you die, he dies. If the show dies, <laughs> it dies. But you know what's going to die? Me, if I have to watch another shit product put on my WWE back And then he, and then he quotes Rocky. Oh, and then he quotes God. Rocky. It was horrible, though. Like, where do you want to start? Like... You got Raw, SmackDown. I don't know uh, where, where you you, you want to go. Right with Monday. I mean, where do no, you want to start no, with the no. shittiness? No, I, I want to start with the fact that I was right on almost every match I, I called. Yeah, You're I was a little pissed off you, about that. Too. You got notes. Yep, I was a little upset. <laughs> Looks like the big dog still got it. <laughs> the only, the the only thing that we ranch. all were wrong about. <laughs> let me just go ahead and start. Predict. This ain't Turnbuckle Report no more. This is the. Let me start. Going. Welcome, folks, to the Big Dog <laughs> Ranch. You were coming in and talking about wrestling where everything I say is is goes. Is goes? You know what? The old, I, will, I will give it this. The only thing that I didn't consider is the way that MVP was going to win that belt. That's what I was about to say. You never considered that MVP was going to get the belt. Off. Well, he technically isn't the champ because the guy didn't show up. He was hurt. But still, didn't predict that. 
You didn't go, hey, guys, well, I guess, you know, uh, uh, MVP will get the belt by default because the other guy got hurt. Can we touch on the fact that Bobby Lashley is now turned into a valet? Yeah, that's all he does. Oh my god, that's all a valet does. for MVP. I'm so sad for that too. I just, <laughs> I just happening? recently, I just recently listened to the last episode of Grilling Jr. He talked about Bobby Lashley, and all I could think the entire time is, oh my god, the WWE is just really shit in his bed. I, fuck, Bobby Lashley has so much potential. I remember like back in 2007, 2008. Man, I was so pumped, especially because he was from Colorado Springs. I was so pumped about this guy, and, and you fast forward, the WWE is completely shit on this dude. He's not good on the mic, guys. I can't have that guy on the mic. You get him on the mic, he's shit. He needs somebody to speak for him. He does need to play that big guy role, but he doesn't need to play the big guy valet, especially with MVP, and you can't keep him as the same character. If he's going to be the MVP character, then he needs to come out like a, like a bouncer. You know what I mean? He needs to come out, he needs yeah. to be like Warlow. If you want to take MVP, turn MVP into like a uh, MJF, and then you know you got the three letters, so WWE will be fine because they'll be still in character there. But (laughs) I think Lashley needs to go back to Impact, and they'll probably utilize him a lot better because Impact doesn't really give a shit what you say on the mic too much or how you sound on the mic too much. Is what I meant to say. He he could walk out with Heath Slater, and they could be the two man band. The, the thing is about you, it, WWE is they require a lot of mic yeah. time. And and you can see that they spend more time on the mic than they do fucking wrestling. So, unfortunately for Lashley, he's a wrestler, not a mic guy. Put him in Impact and he'll do a hell of a lot better. Keep him in WWE, he's he's always going to need to be that valet role. Because he just, he just... Guys, come on. He sucks on the mic. I love Lashley. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Lashley fan. The dude cannot cut a promo. He can't get out in the ring and talk. Everything with Lana was shit. Anything without Lana is shit. He just—he's a wrestler. Get him in the ring and let him do what he does best. That's the same. He reason doesn't why need Roman to talk. Reigns. Yeah. He doesn't need to talk. Let me—I know you're getting ready to jump into it, Josh. Give me a second. He doesn't need to talk. Case in point: Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko had some of the best promos in wrestling history, and the dude didn't say two words. Bobby Lashley can do that same thing with his face. He, the guy is so put together. How do you not? How haven't you figured that out yet? That's fair. I just you, you're probably right, but I feel like he would do better in Impact in WWE, and maybe that's where he needs to be. Well, well he inter, was on Impact, exchange, it was trash, uh, Bobby. Go ahead, Josh. Well, all I was saying is when he was on Impact, he was total trash, though. I didn't like anything about chance. that. I, I still didn't like it though, because I mean that was during the time when they were doing the half UFC style shit. It just yeah, they're not they're not like that anymore. It, it, the Impact today, he might do better. Well, I mean, look what Eric Young was able to do at Slammiversary. Yeah, Eric Young was a squasher. He was a, he was a, he was a jobber, and then at Slammiversary, he was the fucking man. So, which, know. by the way, folks, if you haven't had a chance to go and watch Slammiversary from Impact this weekend, do yourself a favor and do it because that was the shocker. That was the shocker of that the was weekend. Out of left and field. I get, I get, there's going to be a lot of wrestling fans who are like, "You're so stupid, people." So it's because you know Impact's been doing this forever. I don't fucking care. I don't watch Impact on a on a consistent basis. But from what I saw this weekend, I never watch Impact. I and I watch Slammiversary. I'm completely engaged in their storylines and their their wrestling was on fire. Not to mention their women's division, AEW. Stand up and take notice. Yeah. So I was saying this to you the last week, and I was like, "Why did Kylie Ray?" Go to Impact. Why did she take that opportunity to be on a legitimate show where she can get a lot of TV time to go to Impact? Well, then when I saw that women's division, I was like, oh, 
That's why she can actually compete, but be good in good matches with women. She didn't have to worry about being in shit matches on AEW with like fucking uh, Awesome Kong or Nyla Rose. She can actually go on and have good matches with good competitors. You know how much Raw sucked this week? So bad. If Walt Whitman was writing poems in the mid to late 1800s about Raw, <laughs> he would he would entitle these poems "A Leech on the Ball Sack of Life." Ooh. That we know the WWE Raw. That's how bad it is, man. It's just so, so bad. I, I couldn't get engaged in the eye for an eye match, which is sad because that match wasn't actually that bad. Those guys actually tore it up pretty good. I mean, it was a good technically sound match. The ending was complete shit. I mean, I guess I guess he did technically, you know, Rey Mysterio lose an eye because he took the eye patch off. I don't fucking know how they played that off, but... God dang, man. Raw is just a complete shit show. Can I make a note on that with Josh to give him some props? Do do we remember the exact rant that Josh made that he said that WWE does not give a shit about their Hall of Famers? And was it not fucking clear about the way they handled Mysterio in that match? That clearly should have been Seth Rollins on the ground with his eye out. And it wasn't. It was a Hall of Famer on the ground pretending to have his fucking eye out. That is is horseshit, WWE. Fucking horseshit. I'm pissed about that. That should not have been Mysterio. Rollins should have been on the ground. Rollins has a career to still go about. Mysterio's at the ass end. Like, you don't put a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer on the ground with his eyeball sticking out, supposedly. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, he still looks like a million bucks, though. I just It pisses yeah, me off. It's, it's, it's a mishandle. I don't know why they need to give Seth Rollins a push, either. I mean, for what? He's not going anywhere currently. Just, uh, I don't know. I think it's just... Let support. him take the fall. It's because Seth Rollins is a company guy, and Vince knows that. He's going to do whatever he's told. He's, he's 100% to WWE at this point. Um, he probably had some closed-door shit-talking sessions about uh, his buddy John Moxley when he jumped ship. So, you know, I mean, this is what happens. You become a WWE jobber, and you don't let Vince McMahon know that you're not looking and that you're sold to him. This is what happens. You get shit on. The same things that, you know, Rey Mysterio, look, he's getting shit on. Yeah. These guys were too eager. Jericho, I would even say, was at that point until about 2015 when he realized I still have a lot in the tank, but nobody's doing anything with me. And it was a godsend that AEW comes in his life. Exactly. That's such a good point. Because Jericho, that could have been Jericho on the ground with his eye out. (laughs) It could have been Jericho on the ground with his eye (laughs) out. Jericho would have left the company before he ever did that angle. And that's the old school stuff I'm talking about is those old school guys like a Jericho would actually stand up and say, "This this is shit creative. Why would I do this? I don't think anybody's doing that in the WWE. But guys, they had a good angle that could have been on the pay-per-view, and they didn't do it. The Big Show versus RKO match should have been on that pay-per-view, and yet they saved it for Monday on Raw. That is a drawing match. That is a match worth fucking having the WWE Network for to watch that pay-per-view, and they didn't do it. Instead, they aired that eye-for-an-eye match. That doesn't make sense to me. None whatsoever. They put that on... It totally makes sense. They put it on Raw because Raw is losing ratings. They need to, I know they why they did it. All their best matches. I know they why they did it, but the follow-up. Think about this, Josh. They could have had a follow-up the next Monday night with that match. They could have done anything in that angle. Follow it up the next night. Instead, yeah, true. they left it completely out of the pay-per-view altogether. And that and that's what's horseshit about this pay-per-view, guys. I'm sorry. There was nothing good about it. I, I was not... I, I was. I, you know how, Leland, sometimes you say you get to your phone, you start looking through Facebook, or you start texting, whatever, during matches? Yeah. Both women's matches had me doing that. Mm-hmm. And the ending... Me too. The ending for the Sasha Banks match was horseshit for that pay-per-view. Complete, yeah. utter horseshit. 
Like Bailey fucking puts on the the ref shirt and counts. That's never going to stand. Never. No, it was it was a horrible ending. It was like they just they got to the end of the series here and they have no clue what to do. Speaking of no clue what to do, COVID. what the hell has happened to Otis? Where, where's Otis at? Yeah. Has Otis got hurt or something? I mean, do you have you heard anything about this, Josh? Chad, have you guys heard anything? I got not it. at all. Hold no. On. Let me find out, man. Let's see what's going on. I'm watching. Otis. I'm I'm watching the pay per view, and and I, that's all I could think is, wait a second, didn't they put like a huge push for Money in the Bank for Otis, and now he's nowhere? Where did that investment go? They've completely killed off the character. One hundred percent. How sad is that? I was I was so over on Otis too. Here's an article See, right here. It says there were big plans for Otis and WWE, but dot 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 dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to look into that here uh, here in the future, folks. And maybe have a, it'll, have a little uh, rant and, about and Otis up. to see where he went. I mean, it's it's getting to the point where we don't know what we're going to expect when we turn it on. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want us to be so uh, curious that we're going to turn it on. But I, I tell you. I'm about done with Raw. I, I can't watch anymore. It's just, I, I can't do it. I'm at the point where I'm watching the replays just to see if there's something I missed and I could go back. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's kind of how I felt about the end of the pay-per-view. It's kind of how I felt about the end of the pay-per-view with this uh, Swamp Ass match. As cinematic as it was, um, you know, I have to look at these matches not as a wrestling match, but more like a Freddy versus Jason kind of thing, like, like you would see in a horror movie. Um, and even with that, I really didn't like it. I just think they missed an opportunity. They didn't deliver the way they, they should have. I thought Braun Strowman um, looked weak in the match. Uh, the, but the only thing I did like is I like the Alexa Bliss thing. Oh, my God. I think it's Sister I think Bliss? it's time for her to... No, I kind of like it because I, I think it's time for her to get away from uh, this this angle with Nikki Cross. So, Josh, you're already sighing. I can see you're already pissed. Give me your... What is it? Why didn't you like it? Uh... I'm going to have to give it a chance because I could not stand the Fiend character when they started that up. You and I both actually spoke about this before it even started up. We were both like, this angle is not going to go anywhere. And then it kind of went somewhere. So, it's just, it's so random. They had no buildup for it. It was just like, hey, one minute Alexa Bliss is doing this, but now she's doing this. So mm-hmm. if they're gonna do that, then they need to fucking keep up with it. They 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 better not just drop this angle like super fast. They either need to drop it, act like it never never happened, or actually like follow through on it. Which typically what happens is they do a, a mixture of both, which lends to shit. So they're calling her sister Bliss, right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they call her sister Abigail and tie that in as if the whole time behind the scenes she was sister Abigail? Um. Did, I mean, did anybody catch that when she walked out? I mean, that's the first thing I thought when she came out. I'm like, oh, it's Sister Abigail. I'm like, oh, wait, um, I guess it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they went with that angle. Yeah, well, it's conf- it's leaving us all uh, questioning. I mean, I I want to see what's going to happen next with um, Bray Wyatt. We see him in the match coming out with the Fiend mask. So thank God the Fiend thing is back. We're not completely getting rid of that. Uh, but what's the next step here? It's it's clearly he's, he doesn't care about the belts, which I'm fine with. I don't want him. I don't need him holding a belt, like I've said a thousand times on this show. But what's next? What is he going to do next? Who's he going to go after next? Where is the Alexa Bliss gonna, thing going to go with this? Uh, we're going to see a valet kind of situation. Does this intrigue have you guys captured at all? I think this is their way of making up for the Undertaker finally being gone. I think that the Fiend character was a build up for that character the whole time. 
And I feel mm-hmm. like now that the under- they were just waiting for the Undertaker to finally leave, and now that the Undertaker's finally left, this was the only way they could bring him back to where he's now only the Fiend. Now, if he comes out and he's not only the Fiend, then this is going to be all be for nothing. I agree. Who's his next target? Everybody on the roster, just like the under yeah. Undertaker was. His his next target needs to be anybody he wants, and he needs to be able to run through them. The thing is, though, he's needing to going to be. He's if you're going to fill the Undertaker's shoes, you're going to have to perform. And I better not keep having all these fucking swamp ass matches. Yeah, no, I'm kind of over it too. I want because Bray Wyatt can go in the ring. The guy, he's got it. I mean, he's that, a hell of a he's, performer. He's, yeah, he's second generation wrestler, man. I mean, he's he's got it definitely. And I don't know why they're they're hiding a lot of that with the gimmicky stuff. Um, other than maybe they're trying to build a character, but you know, I totally agree with you, Josh, about the Undertaker thing. In fact, when he first came out, I thought maybe this is the next road for WWE to, to find that dead man style of wrestler. Um, but if you go back when the undertaker was doing, when he came out with like the coffin matches, the buried alive matches, those gimmicks were great because they had a huge payoff in the ring because we were still seeing uh, that level of athlete that w- he could only wrestle that way. I mean, go back to the mid nineties, early nineties, big guys weren't wrestling the way that undertaker was. Uh, so you still saw that. That's that's what I think Bray Wyatt needs. He needs that wow factor. He needs that whatever whatever it is he can do in the ring. Maybe it's the how um, flexible he can be. He can do that total backwards walking thing like he just come out of the grudge movies. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's it. But he needs to do something that we're only seeing him do. I didn't, uh, I didn't feel he, like anybody Undertaker. won. Did you? No. Like, did it feel like Nobody anybody won? You see the fiend come out of the water. But I was like, I was still questioning, like, does that mean that Braun lost? What, what is this? Like, what am I looking is Braun- at? Did he drown? Did he die? Where did he go? Like, I was so confused at the end of that. So I posted on our social media. I was like, well, there you have it. There was the Swamp Ass match. Huh? Like, what was that? That was, you know, it would have been cool if they would have had, like, a ring out in the swamp and they were actually wrestling in a ring. That might have been a little better where there might have been Swamp getting thrown in the swamp coming out. But I didn't want to see the constant, you know, character changes in in the swamp, which they didn't do. Thank God. I thought that's what it was going to happen, and it didn't. Yeah, I was really happy with that. Yeah, so they didn't have the con- that he stayed as the eater of worlds for about majority of that. So that was good. But otherwise, there, cool everything angle. else was confusing. That would have actually been a cool angle if they would have put a ring in like the middle of a, of a swamp, and then yeah, they wrestled it, it and, and it was almost like a lumberjack match, and you had like these creatures or whatever who fucking knows coming so up. Just out dude of the, standing out outside the, the ring in the water, just throwing you back in. Yeah, exactly. And that way, yeah, no, you don't have to go. Like I said on the last episode, these fucking cinematic videos are just C-rate, D-rate, F-rate thriller movies on Pluto TV. That's what that's what we're, we're getting, and then they're not entertaining to me at all. No. I'll tell you what was entertaining, and I always like to revert to some positivity. I, the negativity kind of drags me down. I hate it. It kind of just grabs me by the throat sometimes. But AEW put out Fighter Fest. And I'll tell you what, watching FTR and Lucha Brothers going at it was a breath of fresh air for me. Uh, that is exactly what I wanted to see FTR do when they showed up in the AEW. I, I think I said it on the show. I didn't want to see them piddle fart around with um, uh, the uh, what the hell are they called? Yeah, the kid, the, the kicking guys. What? <laughs> the kicking guys. I do this too much. The young bucks. Next, shows give me. next the young up bucks. is the kicking yeah, the young guys. Bucks. These this the cocktail guys, show gets bucks. me every time. I'll, I'll just hit a stride and then bam, it kicks me off my horse. Um, yeah, the kicking guys, you know, the little the little wiry ones. <laughs> I didn't want to see that. I wanted to see them go after the Lucha Bros because I think this is the the push that the Lucha Bros really need is to be in the ring with a ground and pound 
um, technical style of wrestling. And man, we got that in Fighter Fest. I couldn't have been happier with it. Uh, Rumor has it okay this might him. be the only time we ever see it because supposedly FTR isn't mm-hmm. settled on AEW at all. So, you know, once in a well, lifetime uh, opportunity. That's news to me. What are you hearing? Uh, there's so on AEW's site, the fan page. Keep in mind, it's a fan page, but these were legitimate articles on a fan page. But you know how fans are. If they can push any kind of controversy, they will certainly do it sure. because controversy creates money. So you get and in there and you watch these. Uh, we get in there and we watch these. I was looking at these articles, and I guess FTR is a uh, what is it like Ray Mysterio? It's a it's an appearance only. So it's a it's an episode per episode basis right now. They get paid per appearance. There is no settled contract supposedly. So this, th- I thought it was great because FTR has only ever wrestled in WWE, and we get a chance to watch them against the Lucha Brothers, who, in, who, in my opinion, whom in my opinion, they are red hot tag team wrestlers. Like they are, it, it doesn't get much better than those two. Mm-hmm. And to have FTR in the ring with them, that guys. was just a great match. And I thought, you know, after I read that article, was this the only time we're going to get to see that? I want more because come on, guys, AEW has the standard, the pillar standard of fucking tag team wrestling right now. That is all mm-hmm. they're really known for. Josh, you were saying that way back in the day. You're like, is this show becoming nothing but a tag team fest? Yeah, that's yeah, what it's turned it into. Has. 100%. So it, it's I called it's, it early. So to me, you know, if if that show is all about the tag teams, you want somebody like FTR leading the way. So hopefully that's not a, a, a true uh hopefully it's not by you know episode per S episode. I'm based. so not over on them though. I, I can care less about them. I know you can't, and I keep bringing them up on the show just in hopes that that one night you're gonna be like, you know what, Leland? I agree with you. I love FTR. Their show you know fucking cares. If you want that to happen, you know what you can say if you remember a couple text messages ago. What you can say that I have that I have completely flipped on. You remember what it was? John Moxley. I drink a lot. Yeah, it's the fact okay. that John He's Moxley, Moxley. Moxley. is yeah. definitely the best champion currently. I've always hated him. I thought he was garbage, but you know what? I've, I've kind of... Came around to where I think currently he is he definitely the best solid champion. solid against he, Brian he Cage, man. He did. I mean, it's... Yeah. I can only hand on someone for so long. I think what it was because WWE Creative had such a bad angle for him. For so long. Oh, I, 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 I've hated his character since he debuted. So that hatred carried over to AEW. Well, his AEW character is not completely different, but it's different enough to where I'm finally starting to like him more. He's he's mm-hmm. kind of he's kind of going for that uh, almost like a Stone Cold vibe. Which is kind of weird, but that's, yeah, that's I've said that. I've said that on the show. Absolutely, I know. I, know. I, I never really wanted to actually see it. You know, uh, <laughs> I never wanted to admit that uh, it's passable. I agree with you, but uh, I'm going to shit. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I'll tell you as much as as much as I enjoyed that match. Um, it still confused me a little bit. Um, the ending okay. or what? I, so. It, I don't want to say it confused me because I know what they did. It started when John Moxley gave the promo before the show. He mentions the tour bicep with Brian Cage. The minute that fell out of his mouth, I knew John Moxley's going over in this match and he's going to do it with a submission. Because that's the only reason you bring that up. I've never heard about Brian Cage's torn bicep before until right now. Now I get it. I watch way too much wrestling than I, I watch way more than I want to admit. I get it. But a minute I heard that, and then the minute the match begins, you hear Jr. and Jericho start talking about um, the torn the, the torn bicep. Oh yeah, they did their so, job. Uh, yeah, so they they're putting it over, so you know. Okay, I know where this is going, and I'm fine. I do not want Brian Cage as the AEW champion at all. I want him so far away from that fucking belt, I can't see straight. So I'm happy with that. 
But then as you go on, it did make sense. Taz made sense of it only because, and this is what kind of annoyed me because I'm over Taz at this point. And I get there's some people that are really big on Taz and they think he's the greatest uh, uh, manager in wrestling right now. You're fucking high, period. You heard it from the people's host. And I'll tell you why. It shouldn't have been Moxley talking about the, the, the bicep. It shouldn't have been JR talking about the bicep. It should have been Taz in front of everybody for the last two weeks instead of putting himself over, saying, look how great of shape Brian Cage is in. Look how good he's recovered from this. There's no weaknesses on this guy. There's nothing you can do. There's no craziness you can bring. You're, you're, you're fucking over, Moxley. We're coming for the belt. He should have been the one putting it out there, but no. Instead, because that would have built that moment a little better. That would have built the intrigue. But no, what you have is him with that stupid fucking orange towel in the middle of it, and Brian Cage didn't even look like he was ready to tap. He didn't look like he was sweating. And you've got Taz throwing the, the, fly, the throwing the towel in there on him like he's fucking, you know, it's, it's like it's Apollo Creed in there just dying out. I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't like sense. it. I didn't like it. It no. didn't make sense so compared to the, the promos. That match it never made really sense. really drove me crazy because it didn't, it didn't line up. And it only, the only reason it didn't line up is because fucking Taz was too worried about putting himself over. Exactly. exactly. Those promos what. that he'd been pushing all week made no sense for him to throw in the towel. The way he'd been talking up is that, go ahead and put him in a submission. He's just going to get out of it. But then he throws the towels. Like, that's not what he's been pushing. What, what is going on? He, he, the way he was talking, that he would have never thrown in the towel. He would have let fucking no, Brian Cage's arm break The person off. that holds the FTW belt doesn't get the towel thrown in on him. No. Brian Cage shouldn't have been hugging Taz afterwards. He should have been punching Taz in his fucking mouth if he was really the FTW champion. Josh, you're ready to go. Let's hear it. That's the exact reason why he does not need to be a valet character. Because Taz is always going to be f- for Taz. Every every time. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why he can't. He's not going to play that Paul Heyman role because they don't know how to work that angle. They, they, he, they, he just doesn't. When you're There's in that Paul role, Heyman. you need to build your, your guy up. No matter if he's he's down. He can have a snapped leg and be like, he's actually better with one leg. Now it's Now it's even better for him. You can't be like, oh, he's losing, oh, he's losing, oh, he's losing. I mean, that's stupid. But the only thing I could see yeah. him going with this angle is now Brian Cage is going to say, I don't need you, Taz. I could have won that w- without you doing that. I hope he does. And maybe that's does. how they're going to get away from it because maybe AEW is seeing early that this is not going to go anywhere. So I, I, when, I, when I saw that, I kind of saw it with a different approach. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, come on. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe, and this is a long shot because you know how creative it is for anything wrestling typically – Makes no sense. So hopefully, if they're creative, if I was in creative, what I would personally do is have this is him branching away from him and putting Taz as far away from the angle as you can get because this is this is crashing huge. He's gonna say, "I don't need this fucking belt. I don't need you." Blah blah blah, and then go on with your mm-hmm. days. You know who you I would tell love that, that to? Get get in touch with Omega. That's their creative guy. Yeah. Let him know. He, he's definitely one of them, and he's got a huge influence in that locker room as he should. I just like Taz better in the booth. I like I really enjoyed him in that lead role on commentary on AEW Dark. Um, not to say that he couldn't be on Dynamite. I thought paired with JR, he did really well. Paired with Shivani, he did really well. I just I don't want to see him as a valet. It doesn't make sense to me for all the reasons we just listed. Cody he's, Rhodes, Sonny Kiss, they tore it up. He's exactly like, before we, we get to Cody Rhodes, I just have one more thing. You got it, Taz. yeah. Taz is exactly like Jerry the King Lawler. <clears throat> Unfortunately, you're a better commentary guy 
than you are a wrestler. And that's not saying they're both bad wrestler because Taz was was really good. Jerry the King Lawler was really good. He had but his moments for sure. You're better on the mic, which means you're a better commentary. That's just that's just the vax. And there's nothing wrong with that. First of all, before any of our any of our uh, turnbuckle fans want to you know because wrestling fans like to dissect it before they want to turn and shit on what we're saying. There's nothing wrong with him being a good com- a good commentary. Nothing in the world wrong with that if that's what you're good at. But if you're not good at valet, then don't fucking waste my time. Yeah, AEW exactly. has two hours a week, and they have me captivated for two hours. And I know I'm dissecting. I know I'm picking through it here. But I don't want to see Taz ringside anymore. I think it's hurting Brian Cage. Do you know who put over Moxley in that match? Besides Taz throwing in the towel? We're talking commentating. JBL. Jericho. What, what can Jericho yeah. not do? The commentating from Jericho was on point. Jericho, for me, is the next Bobby Heenan, and that's high praise, I'll tell you right now. He he uh, he on mic, especially during that match, was fire. That 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 mm-hmm. guy could put over a broom and a dustpan in the ring. He he I don't know what it is that Jericho can't do at this point. He can do it all. Well, I'll tell you, get the fire extinguishers out because Cody Rhodes is on fire. This guy right now, the way he's putting talent over, he's got Sonny Kiss in the ring. I'll tell you, it started off a little rough for me. But it didn't take but more than a couple minutes for them to sync up and line up. Those guys tore it up. Cody Rhodes is putting over this young talent. This could have been his best title defense as the TNT champion with Sonny Kiss. Agree? Disagree? Fully agree. Yeah. Sonny Kiss was a little rough in the beginning, but his his finishing was on point. Solid. Sonny Kiss, you're hearing it from me, is a hell of a wrestler. Damn good wrestler. Absolutely. If he can get past his nerves... Because you, Sonny is never a good opener, guys. He, he's been like that all of his... He has a little bit of a nerve issue. I think that's why he came out and did his little dance, was to try to get over those nerves early. But Makes he came, sense. He came in and he was... He shake, but man, he finished. And it was rocking. His nerves comes from how he's being taken from the crowd for how he looks. I guarantee I could that. give two shits how he looks. That dude can and wrestle. Then, and then when, when, sure. he, when he finally gets over that about a minute or two into every match, and he starts to realize, mm-hmm. fuck it, let's just wrestle... Then he turns into a great wrestler. Prior to that, he just needs to. F- if here's the thing, people get worried sometimes how they how they look about all that shit. Blah blah. blah. If that's the angle you're going to go with, rock it. Fuck it. Who cares? So go out there, do you, and then wrestle. That's the only thing anybody cares about. No one can give two fucks about how you look. If you perform in the ring, that's how wrestling fan hands are. There's a couple things we look for. We look for is it be- believable? Are you doing well? That's the biggest one. Can you wrestle? And two, doesn't make sense. I mean, and three, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. One, seven, and six. Pick, num- pick number two, my lord. No, it's <laughs> literally, <laughs> that's exactly how it is. If you can match those three things, you'll have us. And, and that's all you need to look for. I, I don't care. I hope his sexuality doesn't cause him not to wear that TNT title someday because he would be a hell of a workers' champion. Not an A&W. Not A&W. Oh, my God. It's getting to me now. <laughs> not the A&W. You get yourself a double-double and yourself a side of curly fries and some cheese curds. And if, and if Sony Kiss goes down to the A&W, he's going to be the Burger King. But get this. If he stays on AEW, he could be the TNT champion. Yeah, I could have said it better myself. He'd be a damn good champion. I, I could see that. But you know what? There's a line of guys that are doing really well. That could be the next champion, though. Sonny Kiss is just one of many in that, in that particular card, mid-card range for that belt. Here's how it goes down. I want to see Cody Rhodes drop that TNT title to MJF. I want to see MJF retain the title for about a month. And then I want to see MJF put Sunny Kiss over on a pay-per-view. I've been, Maybe I've been interrupting you guys a lot tonight. And I'm sorry, man. I'm on fire. But i got to tell you. You're uh, drunk. I want to see 
I want to see mm-hmm. MGF and Moxley go at it finally. Are they going to save it for next year's big pay per view? Oh, I want to see it too. I I'm just ready. I want to see that TNT title on 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 MJF first. I don't know why. Maybe it's maybe it's a traditional in me. Maybe maybe he's just ready and I need to get over myself. He is the number one contender. I am fucking ready to see those two go at it. Because that that's gonna sell tickets. That's gonna be a big ass pay-per-view because Moxley versus MJF is a huge, huge match. The build up behind MJF right now is so big. It'd be huge. But Cody MJF left me wanting more, and I think that's where I'm at. But see here's the thing. You can put MJF on MJF, you can give him that title by him taking that fucking ring, socking mm-hmm. fucking Moxley in the face. The crowd sees that he cheated to win. Doesn't take anything away from Moxley. The crowd? The the people at home. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID crowd, if you will. Yeah, uh, COVID crowd. And uh, he he, st- he goes over with that belt. I, I think it works. You know, Moxley doesn't really look, even though he gets a check mark in the losers column, people know it was a big cheat. You know, what heels do to win. And that's that's wrestling, guys. Moxley can't be undefeated forever, and he can't win it all, you know, clean. So let's just. Yeah. What works is our cocktail shows. Whether you're heel, whether you're babyface, you do you, baby. Yeah.